Welcome to Conference Coverage Highlights, presented by ReachMD on XM160 and powered by Health Day. Conference Coverage Highlights features the latest clinical information and research findings presented during the American Academy of Dermatology 2009 annual meeting, which took place March 6th through the 10th in San Francisco, California. A variety of studies presented at the meeting focused on acne psoriasis and rosacea. One study looked at laser technology to treat acne. Researchers examined whether a combination of photodynamic therapy with a photosensitizer known as topical 5-aminoluvulinic acid, or ALA, could safely and effectively clear mild to severe cases of acne. ALA is a solution that penetrates into the oil glands and is applied to the skin before treatment. ALA binds to the oil glands and sensitizes the cells to light. Photodynamic therapy works by using laser or light energy to activate the ALA. Dermatologists at Yale University School of Medicine treated 14 patients with this therapy. The patients received between one and six treatments depending on the severity of their acne. They continued to use topical medications during and after the study. The control group included four patients who were either treated with conventional therapy like systemic or topical medications or with laser energy but without ALA and photodynamic therapy. All of the patients who received ALA and photodynamic therapy were cleared of their acne. Each patient received an average of about three treatments. Within one or two weeks after the first treatment, there were visible improvements. By comparison, there were no improvements in the complexions of patients in the control group treated with either laser energy alone or with conventional therapy. The researchers noted that four subsequent studies by other investigators have generated similar results. Another variation of photodynamic therapy is being investigated using the photosensitizer called topical methyl aminolevulinic acid with either photodynamic therapy or red light. A photopneumatic technology using light combined with a vacuum device that suctions the skin to remove oil is another new therapy for treating acne approved by the Food and Drug Administration. Psoriasis may be more serious than you think. Research shows that patients with a condition have an increased risk of developing other medical conditions, including cardiovascular disease and diabetes. The elevated risk may be due to increased inflammation that's a hallmark of psoriasis. The exact cause of psoriasis is unknown, but it's thought to occur from an interaction of multiple genes, the immune system, and the environment. The link between patients with severe psoriasis and diabetes and heart disease is independent of traditional risk factors for these conditions, such as obesity, smoking, and high blood pressure. Research conducted at the University of Pennsylvania School of Medicine also indicates that patients with severe psoriasis may have shorter life expectancies by three to five years than non-psoriasis patients. To minimize the risk of developing associated medical conditions, physicians recommended that psoriasis patients avoid smoking, maintain an ideal body weight, and get routine screenings like blood pressure and cholesterol checks for cardiovascular risk factors. Experts in dermatology and cardiology urge physicians to educate patients with psoriasis about the potential association with other serious diseases. Additional research is needed to determine how skin disease affects the risk of developing these associated conditions and whether treating psoriasis can reduce a patient's risk. Psoriasis affects nearly 7 million Americans and can start at any age, although it most commonly starts in early adulthood. Psoriasis has a genetic component. Approximately 40% of patients with psoriasis have a family history of the disease. The exact cause of psoriasis is unknown, but it's thought to be an interaction of genes, the immune system, and the environment play a role. The disease can be localized and affect only the elbows or the scalp, or it can involve skin on the entire body. Dermatologists have uncovered new clues to what causes rosacea, the chronic skin condition that leads to redness, swelling, and vascular abnormalities. In some cases, family history and higher incidence 
appearance of sunburns may be the culprits. Researchers at Harvard Medical School came to this conclusion after performing a case-controlled study of rosacea patients compared with controlled subjects. The study builds on previous work where investigators looked at photos of 3,000 people with and without rosacea to try to determine the prevalence of rosacea in certain populations and some of the factors associated with it. 65 rosacea patients and 65 controls without rosacea had a facial skin exam and completed a questionnaire. They also had their height, weight, and blood pressure measured. Rosacea patients were three times more likely to have a family member with rosacea compared with the control group. Specifically, 34% of rosacea patients reported a family member with rosacea versus about 10% of control subjects. Also, questionnaire results indicated that rosacea patients had significantly higher rates of blistering sunburns than control subjects. 44% of rosacea patients had had serious sunburns compared with about 5% of controls. It's not clear if sunburns were a contributing factor to rosacea or if patients with rosacea were more likely to sunburn due to the nature of their skin condition. Either way, if a family has a history of rosacea, parents should consistently protect their children from sun exposure with an SPF 15 or higher broad-spectrum sunscreen. The researchers admit that their results are preliminary, but they say they're important for directing future research. Rosacea affects approximately 14 million Americans. Several studies at the conference focused on skin cancer risk and prevention. One found that text message reminders can get people to use sunscreen. Researchers at the Harvard University Medical School conducted a randomized controlled trial to test the effect of cell phone text message reminders on the frequency of sunscreen application. Seventy patients ranging in age from 18 to 72 took part in the study and were asked to apply sunscreen daily for six weeks. Half of the patients received text messages and the other half did not. Text message reminders were sent to participants each morning around 7 a.m. The messages provided a weather report and a reminder to apply sunscreen. The investigators evaluated patient sunscreen use with a novel electronic monitoring device that was strapped onto the tube of sunscreen. When the cap was removed, the device sent a text message to researchers that was then recorded as evidence that the person used sunscreen. People who receive text messages use sunscreen more than control subjects. Specifically, those who receive daily text message reminders had a mean daily adherence rate of 56%, compared with only 30% of individuals who did not receive reminders. The researchers say they're encouraged by the dramatic results of their study and the positive feedback they received from the people who received reminders and applied sunscreen as a result. More than 68% said they would keep using the text message reminders after the study, and more than 88% said they would recommend the reminder system to others. Text message reminders could potentially be applied to other types of care, including taking once-a-day medications or dressing changes for patients after surgery. Having fair skin that sunburns easily isn't the only risk factor for developing melanoma. New research from the New York University Medical Center has identified several other factors. Investigators looked at the characteristics of 600 people, half of whom had melanoma. They looked at 43 different factors, and six of them independently predicted melanoma risk. These could be used as a quick screening method for people to assess their own risk. The six factors include some that have been identified before. First is a history of blistering sunburns as a teenager. Second is red or blonde hair. Third is marked freckling of the upper back. This is a sign of excess sun exposure and that a person is susceptible to it. Next is a family history of melanoma, followed by a history of actinic keratoses. This condition is considered the earliest stage in the development of skin cancer. The final factor on the list is having an outdoor summer job for three or more years as a teenager. 
A person who has any one of these six factors has a two- to three-fold higher risk of melanoma than the general population. That equals roughly a three- to five-percent lifetime risk of developing melanoma. For individuals with three or more of these risk factors, the risk goes up to a 10 to 20 times increased lifetime risk of melanoma over the general population. Previous studies have shown correlations between melanoma and a range of other associations. For example, a prior history of breast or thyroid cancer increases the risk of developing melanoma, as does being in a higher socioeconomic class. Also, airline flight personnel have a higher incidence of melanoma than people in other occupations, and taller men have higher rates than shorter men. Use of tanning beds is a major risk factor for melanoma, and patients with a history of dysplastic nevi or non-cancerous moles and a family history of melanoma have a 50% greater risk of developing melanoma. Melanoma is the most serious form of skin cancer, and it accounts for more than 75% of all skin cancer deaths. Approximately one American dies from melanoma every hour. Medical and cosmetic dermatology was another topic of discussion at the meeting. Dermatologists at Tulane University Medical School in New Orleans are using a long-standing treatment for spider veins to improve the appearance of aging hands. As people age, their skin loses dermal and subcutaneous volume. This causes pronounced blood vessels and tendons on the hands and can make them look skeletal and aged. Sclerotherapy is a non-surgical procedure that permanently removes unwanted veins. Dermatologists inject a special sclerosing solution with a very fine needle into the blood vessel. This irreversibly alters the vessel wall and causes it to be absorbed by the body. Studies show sclerotherapy is more effective and less expensive than laser treatments. Typically, patients require only one to three sessions every month or so. The procedure takes about 10 minutes to perform on the hands, and the results are usually permanent. Some people, however, are not good candidates for the procedure. They include patients with a history of phlebitis of the arm, patients who have undergone a mastectomy with lymph node removal, and those with venous or lymphatic abnormalities of the upper extremity. For patients who want more dramatic outcomes, other minimally invasive therapies can complement sclerotherapy. For example, laser and light devices can help fade skin discoloration and increase collagen production. New research suggests that stem cells may help treat non-healing wounds in patients with scleroderma. Individuals with this autoimmune disease often develop ulcers on their fingers and toes that are very painful and difficult to heal. Investigators at Boston University have used cultured stem cells and bioengineered skin to successfully treat skin ulcers of three scleroderma patients. The researchers say the bioengineered skin may instruct the stem cells on how to stimulate healing in a wound. For the procedure, the scientists took a small amount of bone marrow from the affected patient's hip and used it to grow a particular type of stem cell called mesenchymal stem cells. These cells can go on to form skin and muscle cells and are capable of repopulating damaged skin. Next, the researchers applied the stem cells to the patient's wounds using a novel fibrin spray system. The system takes advantage of the immediate polymerization or gluing of stem cells in a mixture of fibrinogen and thrombin. The wounds were then covered and treated with a substitute skin derived from neonatal foreskin. The patients experienced dramatic healing of their wounds. The scientists say their procedure might be used to instruct stem cells with other interventions or biological agents for a variety of clinical applications. According to the Scleroderma Foundation, scleroderma affects approximately 300,000 Americans. The conference highlighted a number of promising new therapies for atopic dermatitis. The various therapies target different aspects of this common chronic inflammatory skin disease, which is characterized by red, itchy rashes. 
The condition has been increasing in prevalence over the past two decades and affects a disproportionate number of children. Approximately 15 to 20 percent of children in the United States and other industrialized countries around the world develop atopic dermatitis in the first few years of life. Topical corticosteroids diminish the skin's inflammatory response and are a mainstay in the treatment of atopic dermatitis. Now, newer formulations of topical corticosteroids in gels, foams, and oils have been approved for use in younger patients, including infants. The products include fluocinolone acetonide, topical oil, desinide gel, and desinide foam. Topical calcineurin inhibitors also suppress inflammation of the skin. Tacrolimus ointment and pimecrolimus cream are two examples. Recently, several new studies have shown that the intermittent use of topical calcineurin inhibitors can effectively control atopic dermatitis. Barrier creams and engineered emollients are newer FDA-approved topical agents that are designed to improve the barrier function of the skin that is compromised in atopic dermatitis. They work by adding lipids, ceramides, or other agents that help to make damaged skin more normal. Systemic therapies that are being used include immunosuppressive agents and biologic therapies. For example, mycophenolate mofetil can provide relief for patients with more severe cases of atopic dermatitis. Also, azothioprine is prescribed in doses based on an individual's genetics and metabolic activity to process the medication. The biologic therapy efilizumab also shows some benefits. Thank you for listening to conference coverage highlights from the American Academy of Dermatology's 67th Annual Meeting, held March 6th through the 10th in San Francisco, California. Conference coverage highlights is a presentation of ReachMD Radio, broadcast on XM160 and by live stream at ReachMD.com. These conference coverage highlights have been powered by Health Day.